Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games yeah. cast. Of course, I am Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the Nitro Rifle himself, Andy Cortez. Great afternoon, everybody. Great afternoon to you as well. And today we're talking about Final Fantasy. So, of course, we needed the return of Michael Hyam. Sorry for scaring you there. Hey, what to do, baby? GameSpot's own Michael Hyam. Hey, they, welcome back. They got me again. Yeah, yeah, they got me again. So I thought I was out. <laughs> they pulled me back in. You know, T- Tam came through, knocked on my door, said, hey, look at this check, though. Like, Who am I to say no to money? So, I get it. Uh, I get it, man. How you been? Uh, I've been good. Been uh, busy getting back into the fold of things. It feels like I haven't really missed a beat. I mean, you asked Tam about that. Uh, but, uh, but it feels good to, like, you know, we're doing After Dark again. We're doing that live. Uh, being in an office, that was the number one thing for me, too, going back to GameSpot. One of the things that attracted me most about that was that I didn't have to work from home because I'm like, I'm a social butterfly. I love being around people. I love, you know, the vibe of the office and especially working with people that I've worked with for years because I go back to the office. It's all the people I've worked with before I left GameSpot uh, years ago. So it's just like back into the fold, man. We're all we're all a little bit older. We're all a bit grown. We got more responsibilities. So it's nice to see that growth elsewhere and also be a part of that again. Hell yeah, man. You got to love it. Um, it's going to be a great time for video games, whether you're watching over on GameSpot or on Kind of Funny. Summer Game Fest is happening so soon, imminently, uh, some would say. And uh, we're going to be covering the absolute hell out of it. Um, we're sending down uh, multiple people, hopefully, to, to play some games, do a bunch of coverage. Of course, we're going to be reacting to all of the uh, the hopefully amazing showcases we're about to get in the next couple weeks. Um, you can follow all of that on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Search all your favorite podcast services for kind of funny and honestly just subscribe to all the podcasts because chances are you're going to want to listen to each and every one of them as we cover all the latest in movie tvs video games shit's crazy this summer all right zelda's already here we're already moving on talking about other stuff like how is that even possible oh. all right early june in addition to summer game fest we got diablo 4 we got street fighter 6 we got uh final fantasy, final fantasy 16, 16 right yeah. so you are definitely going to want to keep it locked here at kind of funny whether you want old podcast. News, i know exactly at this point <laughs> oh, it's old news no. it's old news Overrated. um <laughs> god that's how you want to start this one andy that's oh, how you want to start this one um but anyways uh, if you want to support us even further patreon dot com slash kind of funny is where you want to go uh just like our patreon producer delaney twining uh, being on patreon allows you to get the shows ad free allows you to watch them live as they are recorded if things aren't embargoed like this episode is um and so on and so forth uh if you don't have bucks to toss our way totally cool uh if you're on the epic game store please use our epic creator code kind of funny and at no additional cost to you we get some money and we really really appreciate that and it helps us keep things moving um Again, I can't reiterate enough how much you guys are going to want to subscribe to us here because the next month is going to be insane. Are you How excited are you for the Summer Game Fest? Oh, man, this is the perfect time to go back to GameSpot, man. Uh, back in the mix, and that means I'm going to SGF, and we're going to be checking out games, of course. Uh, and the, the wild part, though, is that because, like you said, Diablo 4 is coming out soon, and Final Fantasy 16 is after SGF, but so sandwich, getting sandwiched by major releases, man, I'm I have I'm doing other things too, but it's it's exciting and overwhelming too to be uh, thrust back into that. Uh, but yeah, SGF is going to be a fun time. I miss conventions so much. I went to PAX East, talked a little bit about that last time I was on Gamescast. So to have that major event where y'all are going to be there, IGN folks are going to be there, all my friends from like coast to coast are going to be at this event and so i'm you know giant bomb couch is happening and i'm going to be chilling with, uh, with them like i like i used to every every year at e3 so sgf man no matter like who you watch whether it's ign game spot any other creator you watch or kf like content's gonna be coming y'all way yeah it's yeah. going to be it's going to be great uh but enough about all of that enough about the future i mean we're still talking about the future here but we're talking about for us a little bit of the past because two weeks ago 
the three of us got to go down to L.A. Ooh, yeah. And we got to play about six hours of Final Fantasy 16, one of the longest game previews I have ever done in my life. And I, for one, had an absolutely fantastic time. Of course, very much looking forward to this game. Can't wait to talk about it with you all right here. You have already played before. Mm -hmm. You've been on the show. You've talked about it. So, Andy Cortez, I want to start with you. What are your first overall impressions of playing Final Fantasy 16? It was really nice that like we had a little um, intermission, Tim, and we got to go play in the jungle gym outside. They fed us a little juice boxes. <laughs> it was a long demo. Um, I, I, I'm so freaking high on this game. Um, oh. I'll say right off the bat, uh, just because I want to get it out there immediately, I don't want people to like maybe skip around and not hear it. Um, I think performance is going to be a big issue, and I'm very, very worried about how this game might perform. Uh, when it comes to just stability of, of frame rate, there's a performance mode, there's a visual mode, and performance mode was still pretty uh, not great. That being said, um, everything happening story-wise, everything feels super dark and serious, and it's awesome, and I'm into everything that we were shown. Gameplay is so damn fun and flashy, and we got to kind of, see Clive's abilities near the beginning of the game and they gave us a bit of a preview near the end when you are kitted out a bit more yeah. and getting to switch between the lightning to the earth ground power to the fire like all of that stuff was just so freaking fun and once you got the hang of it you felt like an insane gamer and uh, the whole time I'm playing I'm like man where's this parry ability at it turns out the lightning ability has this cool parry. It just shoots out like a giant shield and you break their attack. It was just so much damn fun. Um, I, I do wish that we were able to um, play a bit more of the sections that were kind of when you are super overleveled. Because um, I feel like those parts were probably the most fun for me. But once you kind of get the movement down, once you got uh, an idea of what what abilities work best in certain situations. I had a freaking blast with it. I think that um, the it, it can get a little visually overbearing in some moments. It reminds me a bit of um, playing Stranger Paradise, Final Fantasy Ooh, Origins. Article City. Um, when you are... Well, not only did that game run at like 680p or something, but... Uh, <laughs> In moments when you are maybe needing to read enemies' attacks, there's a shitload of particles and lights in the screen, so it's kind of a bit tougher to decipher what attack is coming at you. Um, but those are small little nitpicks. I think this game is like easily probably going to be in my top five this year, just based on what we've played, uh, based on the vibes, the story, uh, the tone of everything. I feel like it's a much more mature approach to this franchise and i'm not a big final fantasy fan uh, by any means but i really uh have enjoyed uh seven remake and i enjoyed 15 back in the day and i feel like this is going to absolutely bring it when it comes to action and story and twists and turns that are kind of gonna blow your mind yeah I'll take it next year because you already got to talk yeah, about yeah, this, you know, and then I'll, I would leave it for the pro at the end to, to take us home here. But I was absolutely blown away with this game. I had so much fun. I did not want to put the controller down. I usually am the type of person that would not want to play six hours a game and then have to replay it again later. Mm -hmm. I'm totally okay with it. I, I am counting down the days for this game. And that is with Zelda uh, yeah. that, I, that I'm yeah. now playing. Like It is such a... Uh, a wild thing to me that I walked away from that demo and and you were saying maybe your top five. I walked away with being like, if this game keeps up from what I played, I can't imagine it not being my game of the year this year. Uh, and then to come out and then play Zelda, I'm like, this is probably going to be the best year of games ever. Like, I just can't believe uh, the level of quality that we're talking about. I love Final Fantasy. I always have. I love Devil May Cry. I love stylish action games. This game is just kind of all of that mixed with you kind of alluded to this a much more serious tone you've probably already seen a lot of the comparisons to like the hbo game of thrones type stuff and mm -hmm. some people take that in a bunch of different ways so far for me i only mean that in the best ways possible from what i enjoy about characters and dynamics and stories words plot curse words they say are, bad words a lot <laughs> a whole lot of bad words and like a lot more like 
like I feel like a lot of Final Fantasy games have kind of like sexual tension or sexual implications. Oh, or they were smashing in like the first. Oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> that, that's not a spoiler. <laughs> but like, there, there's there's a lot of it. It's yeah, very Game yeah. of Thrones esque, and like not in a way that kind of feels like oh, you're saying fuck for fuck's sake. It it's kind of feels gratuitous. Like, I believe this. I believe yeah. this world, and I was immediately immediately in for the story, and then the gameplay, like completely echoing what you're saying, Andy. Like the we essentially played three sections um, during the demo, um, maybe like. I would say two and a half hours ish of like um, the early game stuff, and then two and a half hours of later game stuff, and then thirty minutes to an hour of like the more open uh, area type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the open stuff, what, we didn't have too too much to be able to do, so I was kind of like, "Hey, this is fine, whatever." But the uh, early gameplay, I think story wise, I was so blown away. The later gameplay, the combat, I was so yeah. so impressed. Why? How fun all the different abilities and weapons are to switch back and forth. It. If you're a fan of Devil May Cry 5, you're going to be a fan of this game. And, like, that's something I never thought I'd say about a Final Fantasy, yeah. you know? Um, but I was so impressed with uh, not just the story and combat, like I've been saying, but with the characters. I've been going into this being like, I Clive, I don't, like, you need to sell me on Clive. I'm still not totally sold on Clive, but the voice acting in this game I thought was stellar. The production value of the entire thing, the music is like, oh, my gosh. It's it's so elevated that it just makes the entire experience feel premium in a way that I've kind of been missing from a lot of games recently. Every once in a while, we get something, and I'm like, oh, shit, that, that's that stuff. This reminds me of that. It reminds me of God of War Ragnarok, Ragnarok a lot in that way of like, wow, how are all of the elements of this game this elevated and kind of working in tandem in a way that is like, I think this is going to speak a lot louder to non-Final Fantasy fans yes. than... Potentially any previous Final Fantasy has ever done. Yep. The amount of times that uh, Tim and I were sitting next to each other, and the amount of times of like, dude, <laughs> fucking see that. Like, that, like we, we just kept on like taking our headphones off and be like, dude, I can't. Oh my God. <laughs> like, it was really, really impressive. Yeah. So, Michael, this is now your second time Ooh. playing it. Yes. What are you thinking? I am. Uh, how do I put this? I'm maybe I'm not higher than I was before, but I'm not lower than I was before. I'm glad I got to see how this game opens because that was the big question for me was what is actually the setup here? How is uh, Clive and his brother Joshua? What's their relationship? How does Jill get into the mix? What is what is his hometown like? What are what who are our parents and how are they mixed into the fold? So I'm starting to see a lot of that going on. And I'm by the end of that demo, I was. I was sad that I didn't get I didn't get to play more because I was genuinely curious about everything else that's going to happen afterwards. So I think the opening story wise is a very it's a like sh- very strong setup. A uh, couple things about that though, I think folks should understand that about the, like the first four hours we played, uh, very cutscene heavy. So don't go in and so yeah. cutscene heavy. But <laughs> I th- personally, that's a good thing. As someone who loves long cutscenes, you know MGS four. Uh, changed my life in the sense that I have started to appreciate uh, video game cutscenes a lot more, and it definitely leans heavy into uh, that sort of um, storytelling style. So do so. I love cut. I love myself a cut. Hell yeah, wrong. Uh, but I'm re- like because of that, I'm really glad we had six hours. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Like, after you know, forty minutes of you sitting there is about thirty-five minutes of cutscenes, and you're like, God damn, when am I gonna? Get my hands back on the sticks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely felt that way. Yeah. But it's a good setup. The I was so I kind of already understood that like this game is going to be dark. Um, I just didn't rate know. Rate M, M for, for sure. They, they earned that M rating mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, I just wasn't sure how violent and dark it was going to be. There is a lot. Uh, I think that uh, you know, uh, there's. I was kind of surprised that an element of this story has to do with oppression and enslavement. And uh, that's not a story spoiler. That's part and parcel to the story that it's trying to tell uh, with regards to who can use magic in that world, who can use the crystals for resources. So I'm starting to get and understand how the story is coming together because when I interviewed Yoshi P, he was talking a lot about you know the relationship between these different uh, kingdoms, these different civilizations, and their fight over resources. So I'm starting to see like, okay, that's what's at stake, and this is how they're setting up these battles. This is why they're fighting. This is how they're fighting. And this is how uh, a certain segment of people get caught in the middle. Um, and I, I don't think I want to get any deeper than that because it's, it is a little bit shocking that they're going in that direction. Now, 
as a Final Fantasy XIV player, I have faith that this team can pull it off because if you've played Stormblood, a lot of that story has to do with uh, oppression and um, and rebellion and bouncing back from you know living a really oppressed life and how that affects other people. And that's you know you're not going to see that until you play the entire game. So you're gonna I see those themes kind of come through. I just don't know. Uh, I want to say that I trust the team to pull it off in a meaningful way because I've seen them do it in the past. Um, But again, you seem very hesitant. Where's the hesitation kind of come from? Uh, I think, well, the part of it is with how how serious this this story is that the thing about Final Fantasy and 14 especially is showing the human side to bring levity to its characters and the story. So you... Like when you say that this is a much more mature story, like I get it in like in mature in the the violent sense and in the the you know earning that M rating. But I also think that not I don't want to conflate dark like that dark and violent nature. I don't want to conflate that with maturity because I think part of human like telling human stories is having that levity and that humanity, which you see a little bit of between Joshua and Clive towards the the beginning in his younger years. And I think that's very important, but I think that's also something that I would like to see more throughout the game. Of course, maybe that's waiting for us later down the line, but that is one thing that I'm like keeping in the back of my mind where I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to like see these characters be human. Um, maybe Clive is just pissed all the time because he's been through a lot. If you, you play the opening of this game, that dude has been through a lot. Uh, but I think one of the biggest strengths of 14 and Final Fantasy in general is um, you know being able to juxtapose uh, different parts of people's charisma. Uh, you know, a lot of characters got Riz in uh, Final Fantasy. So I'm hoping like Clive and Sid, who will have this budding relationship in the beginning. I hope that grows into something. And especially with Jill, I think Jill is such an important character for the rest of this, where we have angry men all the time. Uh, but I want to see how Jill gets into the fold and how that relationship grows. Um, but it, it's all, well, at the end of the day, I will say it's all very fascinating. Like, like I said, when I was done with the demo, I was sad that I didn't get to see what happens in the next chapter. Um, so I am as curious as ever, but like I said, come back around. I'm, I'm not higher than I was before. I'm not lower than I was. I'm just ready to see it all the way through. Cause you know, my biggest questions about the game are never going to be answered by a trailer or a demo. It's going to be when I hit that. 60 or 70 hour mark and uh put the controller down and finish the game so um but i i think like if as a long time final fantasy fan i appreciate that they're trying something different um it is looking a lot, a lot like the prestige games like the god of wars uh, i suppose and that's fine because i want to see this team try that like they earn the opportunity to try something like that and see what they can do because i think they're a real special team from my 2,000-something hours from Final Fantasy fourteen. So um, just, I'm eager. I'm yeah. eager. I just want to play this game. Square Enix, hit me up, please. Uh, talking about the, the cutscenes and the amount of them in the, the early game, like uh, we, we talk a lot about the prestige games and how they're sometimes more like interactive movies. They're not more like, but they, they have that quality to them when we talk about things like The Last of Us. This, so far, does feel, to go back to the Game of Thrones uh, comparison, it feels like playing like a se- of a season of TV. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there is a lot of story that's uh, being given to us and the way that they're kind of drip feeding it to us through the early moments and us jumping forward uh, intermixed with these like super epic gameplay moments, I think really does kind of feel like that, that the epic TV prestige TV that we're used to, which is different than the movie side of things um, that we've, I think, seen a bit more in video games in the last decade or so. Um, But those epic moments I want to talk about a little bit because. I, uh, you know me, I love the hype. I love the the swell of the music, like bombastic yeah. stuff happening and like new weapon upgrades and like the, you know, it's me and you, like one shall stand, one shall fall, like yeah, all that yeah. type of stuff. And oh man, this game delivers. Like already I'm like, oh, we're about, that's pretty much the point of the game. And uh, the Titans, the, no, sorry, the um, icons, icons, yeah. icons. Um, As all those moments are happening, Tim, all I could think about was Haim being here on our last podcast when we talked about this game and telling us, how expensive this game seems. <laughs> yeah, you yes. see it That's now, huh? All I could think about. It's money, man. And these icon fights that we that we got to see, which we got to do a couple, and really, it's clear now that icons are integral to the story. Yeah. Like they they are the story. Like they are the kind of driving force of this and their relationship to the characters and whatnot. And all that stuff is very very exciting to me. However, 
I do think that for as exciting as some of those things can be in terms of presentation, that's where I found the least fun so far. Oh, yeah. Where some of those sections, I think, kind of where the gameplay switches up. I have uh, a, a, there's a pro and a con on the the pro side. I respected how different each one was that we got to play, where I was like, okay, it's not just going to be the same type of thing over and over and over. But I thought a couple bizarre choices were made in terms of, like, it's so flashy what we're seeing, but what we're doing isn't that flashy, and it kind of reminded me of, like, old-school quick-time events, Mm -hmm. and with how polished and, like, prestige the rest of the game feels, I... The delta of that let me down more than I kind of expected it to because I was like, I want this to be more thrilling than it is, even though it looks really cool. Yeah. Where do you guys fall on that? I'm I'm, d- I'm definitely with you on that. I don't know. Did you get to do the Garuda versus Ifrit fight? Yeah. In the second, okay, yes. in the second part. Uh, yeah, because that's that's how I felt too. Where it it, it looks impressive. It's uh, these are pivotal moments in the story where things are happening because icons, like you said, are so important. Uh, they are essentially the weapons of mass destruction in that that world, and they feel like big, heavy, sh- powerful things that are world destroying. Um, but like you said, I think uh, um, one of the ones we did was the Phoenix Rail Shooter style one, and uh, infinitely less interesting than the final one, I would say. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, yeah, and it's uh, you know it's a rail shooter, so you like target and you press the shoot button, and you barely but, target. But then that's oh, yeah, <laughs> and it, like, yeah, it's like saying it's a rail shooter. It's like. I think Panzer Dragoon. I think Star Fox. It's not that. Yeah. It, it's kind of just very like, guided. It's very, very, very guided in a way that, like, I almost just wish it was a cinematic and yep. like, shorter almost. and just more exciting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, that final one, I, I did. It did seem a lot more interactive in that you were still actively dodging attacks. You were still trying to three button combo, and it's like the most basic of inputs that it's requiring you to do. But I still found it way more interesting than the on-rail section and when it feels good it feels real good yeah like with that there, there's something to the weight of oh, these, yeah. these like it feels like you're controlling a kaiju battle and like when those moments hit i'm like oh this is this is really good it's i just feel like there's like a, a moment where you kind of like see through the the glass on it and you're mm-hmm. just like oh this is a video game and it, it could be more fun uh what i'm doing as opposed to just watching something but um i do think that at the end of the day like i don't know how many of these things are going to be in the game i have a feeling that once we all finish it, there's going to be some we loved, some we yeah. didn't really like, and then some were like, ah, it was okay. Um, but so far, I think th- that stuff was the least consistent and like least quality experience I had with any of the elements of the game. Sure. I would say the game is also, like, uh, we talked about the dark tone. It was just dark to look at. <laughs> yeah, that too. It, like, I don't, again, I don't know if it was the displays we were using we couldn't, you know, we can go into the settings, but we couldn't mess around with a whole lot, right? I don't think we were playing with HDR or anything like that, but it, uh, there were sections that were just really, really tough to see what you were doing and what areas you're running around in. It was usually, like, the interior of a, of a castle at night, so there's not a whole lot of, like, lighting going on. There may be a little candle that's barely kind of lighting the room, but I had I had some issues with that. And again, it could have just been the room we were in, the we were, bright we're room, looking at, yeah. But- but I mean, I I agree with you. It was very dark. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I I mean, I think the the that to that point though, one of the things too is you know environmental design is such a key part of Final Fantasy. Like we remember what these different worlds look like, and we have memories of those places. Uh, some weird and wacky designs, and I know that sixteen isn't necessarily going for that sort of thing. Um, but I think you got we got to see a little bit of, of like environmental variety when we went into the Great Wood, which was one of the later missions. Um, we got to see a little bit of the open section area that uh, that they offered uh, towards the end of the demo because this is not an open world game. It's just hub areas, expansive hub areas, I would say. Um, so I don't, um, you know, it's one of those things where I just want to see see more of it because it's very like you know dark gray and brown tones yeah. in the beginning. It's just it's a really fucked up world out there. Uh, so it, it it looks like it's part too. So you know it, it's it's consistent with what they're going for. But uh, but yeah, I was just like squinting. I'm like, what the? Like, what the where, where am I going? Is that door openable? Uh, uh, talking about what, where where you're going here with the the different locations in the world. It's like yep. another Game of Thrones comparison is these different kingdoms and like a lot of characters with complicated names that are similar and like trying to remember all the stuff. There was a feature in this game that I saw us using all the time that I was very impressed with that functions similarly to Amazon's X-ray feature when you're watching something on Amazon Prime. 
and like you can uh, just like pull up a menu and it tells you like all the actors and like what their names are and kind of gives you a little backstory lore on them. When oh, you're yeah. in a scene of any movie that like that they have it integrated with, you could pause it and it'll tell you what actors are in this scene. Oh wow! What who, oh, what their so names are, what they've been in, all sorts of like facts about whatever the hell. And yeah. Final Fantasy 16 does a very very cool video game version of that, awesome. where it gives you all the information you need that doesn't overwhelm you. Like I feel like it's it's always context sensitive to where you are, where you need to be going, where you just were. And multiple times I was like, okay, I think I remember who you are, but let me pull this up. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. And get, let me get a refresher on your relationship. Cool, you're with them. And like sometimes you don't even need to read it. You just kind of see, oh, your bubble's next to that bubble. Cool. And I just think that it's that type of like familiarity of like oh okay cool i'm starting to learn this world and i was just really impressed with with that the way that it looked uh, you just hit the, the touchpad and it pulls it up like th those little kind of uh, details i think go a long way in helping people that i i think in the past have had trouble with final fantasy sure. games, right yeah. where it's like hey th there's this great jump on point to to remember things if you put the game down for a week and come back you'll be able to have this and then the other one was i love the look of the map like when you pull up the map, oh, yeah. it has this super cool tilt shift look to it. And like, um, we, we were so early, so I wonder like how much it's going to expand. Cause like right now it's like what we were looking at was kind of like, okay, cool. There's not many like points of interest uh, that we're looking at, um, but it looked really, really cool. And it reminded me, it was so stylized. I keep saying Game of Thrones, but I Game of, I love Game of Thrones. So this is a good <laughs> yeah. thing um, that the opening thing of seeing the map in Game of Thrones, it's like caring about a map makes us care about the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they care about this map. Yeah. It's, it's such a small detail, but it does go a long way. And uh, that kind of goes back to the, the high quality, the prestige of this game it, and it being quote unquote expensive. It's just like all those little things that they've added to improve the experience to engage you in that way are important little details and especially like in that opening uh, towards the beginning there's this meeting of the minds uh scene and you don't know who anybody are because this is your first time seeing all these different faces and i don't like who, who the hell is this why are they talking to this person in that way so having a feature like that is really important because you would be lost especially like we i didn't have subtitles on i usually play with subtitles just because there's complicated names, and I just want to see like right. what that character is actually saying. Subtitle, baby, let's hey, go. Hey, sub <laughs> subtitles, man. But uh, but yeah, I, I think those, those things are really important because it is going to get complex. I mean, I was confused in, in the beginning too, and I think that's sort of the point where you you see this. Oh, like oh, there's a war happening outside, but all of the leaders are kind of discussing like the future or what they're going to do. And uh, it's, it's all kind of coded. You just don't know what everyone's saying. So, you know, keeping up with that is going to be one of the biggest, uh, like, not, I wouldn't say problems, but it's going to be one of the things that's going to be important uh, for, you know, staying engaged with the story. Absolutely. I won't let you know. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to get the show ad free. But for everyone else, here's a word from our sponsors. Shout out to RTX for sponsoring this episode. If you're looking to spend an amazing summer weekend in Austin, Texas, the RTX convention is the perfect excuse. RTX is a gaming, comedy, animation, and podcast festival that Rooster Teeth is throwing in Austin, Texas at the convention center from July 7th through 9th. And rumor has it a couple kind of funny people whose names may or may not rhyme with Mo Trike Like and Loie Moel are planning to head down to party as well. RTX has so much to offer over the three days with activities like a free paranormal-themed escape room, Achievement Hunter, mini-golf, VTubing with Ruby characters, and over a dozen live shows with guests like Dungeons & Daddies and Therapy Gecko. There are also evening events each night, from parties to a comedy showcase, an evening rave, and everything in between that can be found in Austin. Buying Ultra and Platinum badges will get you the highest perks, but there is also a solid deal right now where people that purchase weekly weekend and daily badges get another badge for 50% off go to rtxaustin.com to select badges and to find additional information don't miss out on one of the biggest parties in austin this summer shout out to rocket money for sponsoring this episode we all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use or do we do you know how much your subscriptions cost most americans think that they spend around 80 dollars a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to 200 plus you could be wasting hundreds of dollars each and every month on subscriptions that you don't even know about rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions it monitors spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one 
place. Rocket Money has saved some of us here at Kind of Funny a ton of money, and it can help you too. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finance in one place and automatically can help you categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time. So stop throwing your money away. You can cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Andy, you look like you were revving up to say something. No, I mean, I just wanted to, to keep on talking about that x-ray feature. I don't recall what it is, but I feel like once the majority of people get their hands on this feature, I... I Active time lore is active, what I Yes, time active time lore. I yeah. really feel like this is going to be something that people are going to be begging for in pretty much every game coming up. Because it's not only it's not only the issue of um I put this game down, I came back, what the hell am I doing? Who's this? What am I what war am I fighting? Whose side am I on? I, I just enjoy that in that moment. And a lot of games have their codexes and their yeah. their lore that you can go read up stuff on, but it's just there's something that I found so captivating of in this sequence or in this level that you're in or in this cutscene, hit that button. You're going to see those three people. And also here's an excerpt, uh, a three paragraph or three sentence paragraph of what this world is and why it's in the state it's in. I th- like everything was so pitch perfect in that active time lore that I thought was just like, oh my gosh, I want every game to have this from here yeah. on out. It's succinct and it's it changes based on context too because, you know, like the codexes are maybe like static journal entries where it's like, here's six paragraphs on this character. I'm like, damn dog, I'm, I'm happy for you, but I'm not reading all yeah. that. <laughs> um, and like something like Xenoblade Chronicles 3 has that feature where they web all the different connections of all the characters, but that game's got like, like 20 major characters and a hundred side characters. And it's just, it's a little bit hard to use, but the, um, the intuitive nature of how 16 is doing it, I think is maybe one of the features that games in the future are probably going to look at and be like, Hey, damn, we should do that too. Yeah. Um, I wanted to also, I I had some concerns about, uh, this game. I think the last time that we talked about it, I, I had several commenters like either in tweets or just stuff that we were retweeting, saying like, oh, I'm not super into Devil May Cry. Like, I'm kind of worried about this direction. And I, not being somebody that's been super into Devil May Cry, like, uh, I played the old ones back in the day, but I haven't really, like, brushed up on any of the newer stuff. I didn't see a whole lot of, uh, like, I don't see this being a whole lot different than the combat that I experienced in 15 or 7 Remake or the 7 Yuffie stuff, like, Hmm. I it, it's still fast action slashing jumping in the air. Uh, I remember uh, Noctis in fifteen throwing his spear, and then you appear at that spear. Like I still felt like a it was familiar enough that it isn't so much of a far cry from what we've experienced in the past. But again, that's coming. It's that's coming from someone who doesn't play a whole lot of Devil May Cry. I. Hmm. I think that it, there's such a wide gap between how this game feels compared to Devil May Cry and how it feels compared to Final Fantasy VII Remake and uh, Crisis Core and any of the ones we're, we're talking about here. One of the things I love most about this is how the game feels. Like, just even, yeah. not even just the combat, but him moving around and the buttons make sense. Like, when you hit a, any face button, any shoulder button, it does the thing you want it to when you're hitting it. That is something I've been really struggling with with a lot of the Final Fantasies recently. Like, 15, which recently is a weird thing to say for that game, but... um one of my biggest problems was like it wasn't fun to navigate like using the analog stick moving your guy around then you like try to get a treasure chest and you have to be angled exactly right and then you hit x but x is context sensitive so if you're off just a little it does something else and you're dropping stuff or whatever that happened to me a lot in this game did it really i'd walk up to a chest and hit x and i would jump (laughs) like you know like that that happened to me like at least three or four times it wasn't a big issue but it did happen for me it was something that was like so much better than what we've experienced in these other ones that i was like holy crap this feels more like a stylish action game than a final fantasy thing um and even just like then getting to the combat like 
this this is kind of the dream that we've had since we watched Advent Children, where it's like yeah. you're, you're like <laughs> Final Fantasy VII remake and all those other stuff. Tease that and get close, but those are way more still like RPG uh, combat. Of this course. is this is straight up action combat. Yeah, they said, get, have, yeah, get that RPG shit out of here, man. I mean, yeah. even down to the health bars, which I just I love. Yeah. You know, I I think that the the UI in this game is really cool, really clean, um, and it it tells me everything I need to know that mm -hmm. I'm looking for at that moment. Like, it's all those little things that add up to me to be like, oh man, this is from a feel perspective, like my favorite that I, I've played. I think ever, honestly, like oh, even wow. so far. I, I yeah, gameplay wise. That. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. Do you all remember being able to? I can't t remember if it was this game or something else that I've played recently of, of this sort of style, but I could have sworn I've, I saw an option to be able to like, um, change the size of the damage font that popped up when you are oh. attacking stuff. Sure, yeah. I think that was in this game. I'm not quite sure. I didn't see. Yeah. I think you could change the different types of font or like the size of the, the different types of yeah. font that are in there. Cause I know, you know, the, yeah. when these previews first came out, a lot of people were like, God damn, the damage font is like, it's gigantic and it's really, really overbearing. Bigger. But I think you bigger, can customize a, a lot of those things. Yeah. I didn't dive too deep into the menus, but for what I did, I was fairly impressed with the amount of options that we had to like tool around with. No things, full so. remapping on controller, but there yeah. there are two different yeah, this control, control styles. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love damage numbers, man. Make them bigger. Come on now. <laughs> Full screen, man. Yeah. Man. I mean, they look great. Yeah. I mean, I, you get that instant gratification. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think switching between all of the abilities and like it, having that late game kit like yeah. in your arsenal just felt so freaking fun to to use. And I I rarely kind of found myself in those moments. Maybe this will change later on in my in my playthrough, but I rarely found myself sticking to like what was working, and I was just kind of doing it all. Like, sure, yeah, I'm sure one of the three abilities is way better when it comes to dps or maybe like instant damage or maybe like damage over time or whatever but i was just kind of having a blast switching between all of them because it it felt badass to do <laughs> like yeah. there's no really better explanation yeah. than that yeah, yeah. yeah i think the 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 one part that i think more about is how the different abilities with the different icons that clive controls there's a lot of synergy between the move sets so right. it doesn't feel like you're doing something completely different it's like oh i can easily see you like you like y'all y'all experience couple minutes in the game you're like oh i can see how this ability flows into that ability and i can maybe do this and i could use garuda's mm -hmm. um arm to pull them back in and i can continue with another combo so i think they've designed the combat system so well to where like you as the player there, there's a lot and it might look overwhelming but i think once you get hands-on with it it all kind of just clicks and makes sense because of the way the moves are designed uh to work with each other i can uh, make that's my, so smart i can make my adorable dog Knock, Horrible the, dude. knock the dude uh, airborne, then like zip to an air combo. Like, yeah. God damn, it just it gives you so much variety and just so many ways to feel great. But yeah, I, I when we left the event, you you basically put out the tweet that I was thinking the whole time of like Torgal's better than Turgle. <laughs> My boy Torgal, man, this little dog <laughs> is gonna go places. Yeah, oh, right. he's like, so cute. I, everyone at the event was like. This, this dog, dude. Though. you know what I mean? Like, they're, like they're doing a really good job. It's yeah. basically the, for those of y'all that know it. It just feels like the dire wolf to John Snow. Like, yep. It, oh, it, sure. It, yeah. That's what this whole. That's all that I could see in that comparison. You know? And it, 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 it was cool. I like. Yeah. I like. I don't want to say too much, but I, I, I like yeah. Torgal in this game. Uh, going off of what you guys are talking about with the the combat and how fun it is to kind of use the entire um, move sets that you have in this game. This is where I think the the RPG elements come in in applied to that devil may cry type of gameplay that i was so impressed with where you know there's skill trees and kind of skill rings and there's skill this and skill that whatever but all of that kind of goes back to this beautiful combination of i think that one of the reasons we liked the different styles so much is because they were so directly tied to characters and story beats and and icons and things like that so it's like you, you fight this boss you understand their moveset you then kind of get elements of that moveset into your moveset but there's all the different skill trees and moves that you get from that, and you're able to, on the fly, switch between them. So there's a familiarity between it that's story-based that I think kind of, like, reinforces, like, oh, okay, I, I want to do this type of move. I should be using this, this move set or whatever. And then there's similarities between moves in the move sets. So it's, like, fun switching between move sets of the different icons um, and then being able to tech out um, and kind of create loadouts, essentially, yeah. for each move set where cool the square and triangle buttons i think it was yeah. are your two different attacks and then you can kind of map 
different elements and different attacks from that moveset to those buttons, then you're switching between the different sets. But those buttons are still, you're like, you can, it's up to you how you want to do it, but you can always make square. You're like light one and you're a triangle. You're more range one or whatever it is. So there's consistency between your sets or you can have each set be completely different. And then you can know, cool, I'm going to rock this for close combat, switch the move sets for long range. Like the versatility, you can already see. I'm like, oh, wow, this isn't just you You start playing the game and you load up your abilities. Like Jedi Survivor, I think, is a, a good example of this where Jedi Survivor, there's different move sets with the stances and you can switch between them. But I don't feel like that's really kind of um, pushed in the, the gameplay. It's like kind of more like you could. And it's helpful sometimes, whereas with this, it's like, that is the game. Like, yeah. the game is switching between them actively. Mm -hmm. it, it did kind of, uh, it did get confusing at points. I think that the, it's going to take a while to feel comfortable with the with this sort of control scheme. Uh, there are plenty of moments that you, you forget that you have to hold that in order to activate this button. And I, I feel like this sort of control scheme has that moment <laughs> where you're like what the fuck about similar to what i've been dealing with breath of the wild or tears of the kingdom for the past couple days um i i also just kind of want to shout out this is nothing that really has to do with our event but i think it's really awesome that these devs are saying we're not going to get this sudden news out of uh, at launch day a week out be like hey pc's being delayed i love that they're just like hey pc's coming later down the line oh sure that's going to take time um, as opposed to what a lot, what we've seen a lot of is just, you know, the game coming out anyway and it being just completely shit all over the place. So I am very, very happy that they know and understand that that's a big market that they can't uh, mess up. Um, but again, uh, to go back to the very, very first thing that I said about this game, um, I was wondering, like, when are we going to get these codes? And also, where, when is this build from? Because it was not great performance-wise. And I, th I still think that's maybe my biggest worry, um, switching between the two. One of the modes they didn't even let us do performance mode, and I think that was because it was a much older build. That um, Oh, for the, for the old demo. The first demo, because that was the first demo I played, yeah. and they didn't let, let us switch. Or performance mode wasn't available right. on that build. So Yeah. yeah. I, I would say like... And that was the combat demo. Like yeah. That was the further part in the game. Right. So that's when you would notice it the most. And it was, you know, it, it was... Even when you're trying to do all these big flashy moves at 30 frames per second, like... Or when you're in performance mode and you're hoping to get 60, but in all honesty, uh, uh, this is not an exaggeration, probably getting around like dips to like 30 and going up to maybe like 45 and stuff like that. Like it was super, super noticeable for me, unfortunately. And it was like maybe a combination of the dark rooms that we were fighting in, but it was tough on the ice sometimes sure. where I yeah. just felt myself kind of like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, like there's a lot happening on the screen at not a good enough frame rate to really like even let my brain kind of register what's happening. So I, I will say that I, I hope that those issues are ironed out more than like what we saw with Jedi survivor recently yeah. where that performance mode was just really, really messy, you know? Yeah. Maybe it was also, with the displays because i think there's there's a little bit of um like motion blur on the, the screen yeah there was screen, a so. lot of motion blur yeah <clears throat> i don't think that would be from the game i mean like games do have motion blur but i think maybe it was the screen just like ghosting maybe yeah, the thing on those screens but um but yeah i think uh, we should have packed the oled i'm always saying that man yeah with my own oled the tech stuff for me like that's like i i come at it from a very different perspective than Andy does. And like my eyes and just my experience is very different than yours. So like I, that stuff I didn't notice too much, but there were moments going back to the big set pieces where like the, the big icon fights, that's when I saw a lot of like frame stuff where I was like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. this isn't, this isn't fun enough for me to yeah. be able to, to <laughs> notice like uh, some of the like slowdown. Cause there's a lot, a lot of particles, man. There's like, a lot, there's of, a lot stuff of stuff screen. going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very hopeful that, um, that this is the type of game that I do think needs to run at 60. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's where that the real tight action shit comes in. So I'm I'm hoping that. And in and in those it. moments like when you are in these big uh action set pieces or even just the sort of 1v1 uh with other kind of bipedal bosses that are like, you know, they're coming at you and they have a big blade too and they have powers as well. Um I am so glad that this is like PS5 only and not uh, sure. Also on PS4 Pro or whatever, like it, th that's where you can tell that the devs needed as much horsepower for these moments because it is 
Like I am saying, it is so flashy and it is so expensive looking in a lot of moments that y you know that they need every last bit of hardware on hardware that already seems like they are, you know, Sony's trying to maybe upgrade <laughs> soon or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I, I am glad that this is, I, I think this game would be in much worse shape if it was also a cross-platform title. And, like, how the hell do we get this working on older machines, you know? Um, well, a couple points ago, uh, I think the about combat real quick is that, uh, so I mentioned that the, the beginning is really cutscene heavy and I think, uh, people going into this might be wondering like in the first couple hours, like what the hell were y'all talking about with like the, the gameplay being flashy and customizable and all that. So it is a bit of a, a slower start. I think, uh, you are going to be button mashing a lot through the first couple hours. And I notice, you know, having played the first, uh, the first demo and then going into this new one, I'm like, Damn, I really wish I had all my abilities right now. Uh, yeah, don't expect Clive to like fucking ride a skateboard and a kickflip and then actually start. <laughs> like, it's gonna be while wild. eating pizza. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So my uh, boy Dante. I, yeah, and like the 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 overwhelming nature of jumping into the combat demo. I think the the way the game is going to be paced. I think players should uh, should be able to uh, acquaint themselves with the kind of power scaling that Clive will eventually get to. Um, so I think that the game uh, seems like it's going to at least, you know, have some training wheels to make sure it doesn't like, Hey, we give you 10 icons. Y'all figure this shit out. I don't think the game is going to do that. Yeah. Uh, but I was kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm a real gamer. I can, I can do more than mash square when I'm finding a curl. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, I, I think, you know, if, if someone plays this and be like, damn, those fools at KF are lying their asses off, <laughs> but it's like, It'll, the game will eventually get there because even the even the demo, the combat demo we uh, we played at the end or that I played first is uh, that they were giving us abilities that we actually won't have at that story point. Yeah. But it was just like, hey man, have have fun. Y'all yeah. figure this out. So I do think that they're they're like like y'all were saying about the combat. I feel the same way that it's a very high skill ceiling, but I also think it's going to get you there yeah eventually and that is something like you said i, I don't think is going to be for everyone it was very much for me i really liked yeah. the the ease in of it and the the jump to all the complicated stuff like that andy was talking about where some of the abilities are like they're they're not simple hit square and it happens it is a little bit like set this up and use other button combinations to to make this happen some of them have mini games that remind me a lot of like limit break mini games and things like oh, yeah. uh, that we had or overdrives back in Final Fantasy 10 things like that oh right yeah um where it's like you do this move and it's like you need to you know to the rhythm hit this thing or like a little circle goes yeah, titan and, has the the timing attack yeah. to get more damage that's good and, yeah and it's it, like uh that's the electric power right because that's uh, the one Oh, really? Because for the electric one as well, like any kind of heavy hit that you were trying to do, you would have to like essentially kick a field goal sort of uh, UI of like, yeah. like wait for the power to, to land yeah. in the green spot to really get the most damage possible. Yeah, yeah. That felt so satisfying. To do. It was, oh, great. yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. And in the way the slowdowns happen and all that, it's just mm. like, again, the, the money, you can see it, yeah. you can see it really clearly. But I, I feel like uh, with what you're saying about that combat um, scenario, not in the final game we won't have those abilities the pacing i'm hoping if it continues the way that it was in the early game i'm excited to be uh welcomed and introduced to each element one by one so mm -hmm. that i can really be like i like doing this i don't like doing this so i'm not going to worry about it and like being so familiar with the move sets um and that's why i think like i was saying earlier tying the combat move sets into characters and story is going to go a long way like yeah. there, there feels like there's an integration to this game that i am really appreciating and in some ways that makes everything kind of simple because there has to be like this like lowest common denominator of like all right i wonder who that guy is he's probably going to be that guy oh he's that guy and we're so 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 early but i think they're doing a good job of like potentially setting up those rules to then twist them you know what i mean and sure. break them at the right times uh to keep us engaged both from a story perspective and a gameplay perspective. Yeah. And not having a party, I think this is kind of the uh, the uh, the thing that they give you. Like, oh, you, you don't control a party, you're only controlling Clive, but, you know, these icon abilities will give you a sense of, you know, this character gave me this, or I got this ability from this character. So there's still a sense of, you know, I'm building something around the main character there. So, But here's uh, your dog as well. That, that was a, uh, I would say, kind of a tough control scheme to get used to. Oh, because you, yeah. That you you hit left on the D-pad to switch between your dog's abilities. And your items, I think. And your items. Yeah. Yeah, to like, that that was, that took me a while to kind of get used to, in addition to all the other stuff. But that was one thing where it's like, why am I not, oh, I'm on the dog thing, and I'm telling him to attack. Let me switch back to the other sort of 
um, ability tree or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, the, oh man, I had something. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the writing, just the, the okay. quality of the dialogue and all that stuff. Like I, I've been saying this a lot, but uh Final Fantasy seven remake was like a big moment for me where I'm like, Games can have like really like real feeling quality writing that's like fun that fits the tone. And I, I'm not saying it's super serious and like, oh, yeah. this is a TV show, but just like there's just a, a level up that I think's happened in the last couple of years. And that was one of the games that I really noticed it in, especially compared to other Final Fantasy games and um, other things like that. Um, and playing this one, I was like, I'm really impressed with what we're, we're getting here. Like it just feels like they're nailing the vibe of it all. And again, it's pretty like. I don't want to say one note, like that's not the word, but like it is what you think it is. You look at this and how should they talk? That's how they talk. But um, I think that it, it's kind of rewarding in the way that it so far hasn't gotten too up its own ass in the fantasy stuff. Like it's not sure. too like the the Thimbley Woods and the Bimbley Woods. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's kind of like you understand what they're saying. You understand when even if you don't understand what the word is, you're like, that's a name. That's a place. It's grounded. It's, it's, it's yeah. It and it's grounded. like it feels like. Like I'm gonna say you're criticizing Elden Ring, but that's uh, keep going. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not talking about that at all. Like yeah, legitimately, yeah. It, I, I'm more like uh, the opposite of that. In fact, like I think that that is like leaning into like I I would celebrate that game for the point of it is kind of the deep lore and like the discovery and like not having so much the dialogue that leads to a plot and a narrative. Um, whereas this very much is dialogue leads to development of the plot from A to B. Right. And, um, I was really impressed with that. Having said that, I feel like I was way higher on it than I, than some of the people I talked to at the event. And I was pretty surprised, um, from most uh, places where like I was talking to people whether it was like the dialogue stuff or the um the gameplay itself and the amount of cutscenes I was super high on it all and then I went and eat lunch and talked to people and everyone seemed like lower than that and I was like whoa Ew. hey so snitching this, on other people yeah, well, no, well I mean they'll put their their previews yeah, out yeah. but uh, and again no no one was like no one disliked it or anything sure. but I feel like I was way higher on it and I get, like just even coming off now I just want that clear to everybody that like I am very very high on this Aww. game what I what I played I'm very high on it but that might not be for everybody, and it's from some people I talk to. I seem higher than. And okay. dialogue wise, a lady called a guy a fucking cock. Oh, that was, was a good insult. Yeah. That <laughs> was crazy. You fucking cock. Uh, I'm like, like, oh my God. I never heard anyone use that word in that way, but I immediately knew what she meant by that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, there's, there's a sharpness in the writing. Yeah. Characters mean what they say, and they say what they mean. So, um, like within all of that, all of this big drama be- happening between all of these uppity characters who are like the, the kings and queens of their of their of their civilization. Royalty. Yeah, they're all royalty, but they're just like a like a sinister nature to the way these characters are talking to each other. It's so um, like, like you'll see like a Fighting. violent scene, <laughs> and then the characters like just being like complete assholes in the sickest way possible. So there, there's definitely a sharpness. There's there's they they saw something they wanted to go for and they really went for it and they nailed it and if that's what you're looking for it's going to pay off. The last Game of Thrones comparison I'll make here just because it's like <laughs> yeah. we're talking about the dialogue and stuff and like the only way I can explain like what I think you're saying that I feel too is it's like the the way that these characters are saying things and you're like I get the type of person you are in this room with these people talking but then they like walk out that room and go talk to someone else and they're, and they're speaking yes. differently and it reminds me a lot of like Jamie Lannister when he's talking to someone and when he's talking to Cersei. It's different, you know? It's still him, and it's still written in this way that I'm like, oh, I buy you as a character. I get your, I get your, your vibe. But also, there's layers to this. And, like, that's the type of, like, the quality writing that I'm like, oh, wow, there's something really special here that, like, got me really excited for this. Yeah, definitely. There's, 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 because I know, I know some people, when I grew up, they, 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 they talk to me a certain way. And then <laughs> another room, I'd be eavesdropping. It's like, oh, damn, that's what you think of me, huh? Bob <laughs> 16 has got, I feel, judging from what we've seen in the beginning, it's got a lot of those, a lot of those dramatic moments where characters are, you know, they're they 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 feel like they feel like real people in a way, or nah, I don't know about that. They just they feel like like characters who have layers to dynamic. them. Like you said, yeah. yeah, they're dynamic characters, and that was that was one of my concerns going in. It's like, okay, where where are we going to kind of get this depth from? But um, I think it's it's going to be pretty strong on that on that note. So um, yeah, they're really going for that that style of thing, that prestige uh, drama. And um, if that yeah, like I said, if that's your thing, they're they're really they're really doing it. Uh, there there were some moments in the story where I felt like a little bit disconnected by like, oh, this character should be a little bit more. Uh, inquisitive, or they should be. They should have a certain emotion during this moment. Because but are they playing the game? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, but overall, like especially in like the story, 
the the major story cutscenes, like oof, I was sitting there like I have the controller down. I ain't touched it in thirty minutes. I gotta like flick the stick to make sure like the screen is dim. And the screen pops up. Yeah, yeah. I'm like oh shit, oh shit. I'm just like got my arms folded. I'm just watching this thing happen. So uh, it's it's definitely gonna pull a lot of people in that way. I'm so glad I brought my in ear earbuds. Like I just had them in my backpack because I was like, I I will not be able to do six hours with these over the ear things on my like. I oh, got, I got sensitive so, ears. I got so hot, bro. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, these big ass satellites on the side of my head. I was like, I need a. This is too hot in this room right now. Staying on the sound though, man. The sound design in this game oh, is impeccable, man. Yeah. The prestige shines through. The production uh, value, like I talked about the music a little earlier. All the but, impact like, sounds. Just to come back to it, it's the combination I think of like the quality of the voice acting mixed with the sound design, mixed with the music, like. I, I'm always a sucker for dynamic themes where it's like the same song keeps playing, but then you get into an enemy encounter and it's like flows. it flows up to be big and then it can get small. And like this game, man, it's just like you're hearing this orchestra and I'm like, how? How Ooh. is it this dynamic yeah. and this like uh, like not MIDI? It's, it's like real yeah. orchestrated stuff, like uh-huh. with real voices, like with real like the uh, human elements to the, the musicality of it. And it's bouncing back and forth interact with what you're doing like i it's been done many times but i don't know if it's ever been done at this level yes uh, of production value yeah that's uh that's my boy masayoshi soken man uh composer and sound designer for final fantasy 14 and creative business unit 3 and he's working on this game and i I, i've talked about it in the um in the first preview that we did and i think it this preview solidified what i said previously that uh and as a 14 player i hear I hear similar melodies, and I hear melodies certain of like life, uh, what's perhaps up? melodies of life. Yeah, yo, yeah. There's, there's the if you played Final Fantasy fourteen or other Final Fantasy games, you could see some of that DNA shining through. And especially as a fourteen player, like uh, the the latest raid series, uh, Myths of the Realm in fourteen, um, there's a certain melody and instrumentation to the music that plays in the Aglaia raid, which is. Only people, the only people who play fourteen are gonna understand. But if they play, if they play that raid in fourteen, and they play, and they hear the field music in sixteen for that like little small field demo that we got uh, towards the end of that demo, I was like, oh, this sounds I I've heard this before, and it's it's one of those it's almost like an Easter egg for those who love Final Fantasy's music, and uh, you could tell that there there's a lot of Heaven's Word DNA in the orchestration, the way the orchestra and the the choir voices swell up in certain moments reminds me of watching the Heaven's Word trailer or the big boss fights in Heaven's Word. So uh, if you're a 14 player, there's gonna be or just a, a lover of Final Fantasy music, there is going to be so much to love in this game just based on what I've played so far. I'm already like, damn man, this is uh, they're really going for it. I always thought it was heaven sword. Heaven, heavens, word towards the heavens. Oh, directional. Huh. You know what I'm you, Andy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is probably how they spell sword in like other countries. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Any any final thoughts on this? Ooh, I don't Give know. it to me now, but like not right now. But like, give it <laughs> but like, now. let me play a little more Zelda. Yeah, and then please give it to me. On. Oh my god, dog. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I was just saying, like, uh, give it to me now. I, w- I want to see the, how the rest of this game plays out. But you know what? I can, I can wait another week or two, maybe, because Zelda is taking over my life in a way I did not expect. So give me some time. Give me some breathers. Yeah, yeah it'd be one thing if we were all kind of collectively playing or getting ready to play a 15 to 20 hour campaign. Yeah. Before we try to beat Final Fantasy or try to get Final Fantasy later, but... Yeah, Zelda is a whole other beast that I would have never, like, I should have known. <laughs> I, I should have known, too. But, like, yeah, legitimately, it's like, I, I can't wait for this game. And like, it is just like, a, a, we are, we're just drowning in goods at this point. Yeah. Like, I oh. can't believe we're here with this much high-quality experiences. But uh, I, I was so impressed with 16 with what I played. It it, it really exceeded my expectations. Like, oh, wow. I, I was hyped for this game. I've, I've been saying I'm, like, super hyped for this one because I didn't get to experience 14. But um, I know how much people love it. And what we see from this, I do love Devil May Cry. And so far, I'm, and I love getting it down. So it's like, put this those game together. Is speaking your it's language. It's speaking my language, man. Yeah. So, uh, and then playing it, I'm like, oh, 
Oh, it's speaking fluently. Yeah. So I like uh, that. But oh. um, really, really excited for, for next month for a Tim, ton of different reasons. You're going to be using your uh, back paddles? Oh, baby. I'm using This is a back paddle game. Oh, it's 100 Oh, the back. back oh, man. yeah. This is a yeah. back paddle game for sure. Yeah. And it's I, like, dude. when we sat down to it, I was like, should have brought my scuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, for me, it was like, uh, I'm just like, th- that demo was the moment I realized how much I prefer the DualSense Edge over the DualSense. Like, that controller is oh, so yeah. premium, man. It is nice. It's expensive as shit. I don't think I would necessarily recommend it to everybody, but if you're playing PlayStation a lot, if you're playing these type of games a lot, I think it's worth the investment or, or some similar controller. But like, oh, it feels, yeah. Yeah. it feels damn good. I'm happy for you, man. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool. I'm, I'm happy for people when they're excited about video Back games. Yeah, so. man. Yeah, and they're and they're they're two hundred fifty dollars controllers. <laughs> yes, use exactly. code kind of funny when you. Mine uh, was like two eighty, and I bought it, and then I sold the other one to Blessing because then the day that I bought it, they were like, "Hey, we got more color options." Like, damn it, I guess I'm gonna buy another one. Let me sell my other one, to Blessing. Got you. I don't think he even uses it. Jesus. Well, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm sure as we get closer, we'll probably have you for our review episode. Oh, hell yeah. I, I, I'm down. Yeah, I'm yeah, down. Yeah, Let's you're, do it. you're joining us for that, of course. Um, but where can people find you? Ooh, you can find me and all of my bullshit at Michael P. Hyam on Twitter. And you can find me at Hit Video Game Website, GameSpot.com. Uh, again, and we started doing GameSpot After Dark Live again. We, uh, we were almost at episode 200. We've been doing that thing for quite a while now, so uh, yeah, gear up for that. Uh, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time, you know, if, if y'all are doing something live, that's cool too, but... Rarely. Yeah, you know, twitch.tv slash GameSpot, um, youtube.com slash GameSpot, you know, be chilling with the homies. Uh, it's If you haven't seen it before, it's a pretty chill, laid-back uh, video game podcast. Me, Lucy, Tam, Jake Decker, sometimes Jean-Luc Seidke, and a bunch of other people from GameSpot, so uh, hit us up. Hell yeah. Well... Let us know in the comments below how hyped you are for Final Fantasy 16, uh, how stressed you are about still having to play Zelda, and whatever else you want to talk about, because we need that. What, Andy? I don't know. In the comments? Uh, the, the Engagement. Engagement. Engagement's the Comment for the algorithm. Comment for the algorithm. Thank you. Yeah, Thank take you, that everybody. Like, <laughs> out back and start smashing that thing. You know what I'm saying? All right. Love you all. Goodbye. Peace.